We've been talking about the soul. We've been talking about how people have been soul sick. And I just keep hearing this in my spirit that God wants to heal. God wants to do something. How many believe we need it? It seems like every week something comes up to remind me that people are sick in their soul. What we've experienced in the last couple days is a response of people having issues, a response of people being not healthy, a response of people being um, filled with rage and hatred. How many know it's time for us not to be filled with evil things, but filled with good things? And we talked about rest for our souls, how we receive rest for our souls. When we come to Jesus, he said, come to me. And he says, I am the one that will give you rest. And when you come, you will find rest for your souls. So we found out when we come to Jesus, we come to him, we come to his word, we come to his power. He gives us rest for our souls. He gives us a quieting for our souls. And everything that comes against us is found in him, the antidote. Amen. It's found in his word. And then the Lord told me that there's rest and then there's restoration and the root of restore is rest. So when you get rest in God, then you are restored. You are renovated. Remember, we talked about that word means to build back up, means to restore, to renovate. And there's some areas in our life that needed to be fixed. And people, I believe, are getting fixed. How many are getting fixed? I'm getting fixed. Come on. There's some areas in my life, there's some things in my soul that needed to be restored. And I'm allowing God to do that. I'm allowing God to speak to me. And I'm listening. Hello. How many know it's one thing to ask God to speak, but it's another thing to actually listen. Sometimes God is like saying, do you hear the words that are coming off of my mouth? God's saying, I'm talking, but are you listening? And so we've got to do that. And today, I just felt like when I was praying a few weeks ago, I heard rest, restore, and replenish. Rest, restore, and replenish. It's like once you get something fixed back up, once you restore something, now it's ready to be used again. My father-in-law has been restoring a 69 Super B, and he's been restoring it for a long time. Dad, if you're watching, I'm talking about you. He, he bought this car. His mother got it for him for a Father's Day present. Yeah, when we first got together, mom was still alive. And so he started working on it. So he went out and got all these tools. He got his garage. And he started working on it. And he started fixing things and started sanding and buffing and, and got a blast cabinet and started doing things. He's bought every part for that vehicle, I think twice. And I'm like, he tells me about something. I said, did you already get one of those? Well, yeah, yeah, that was, that was the wrong one so I had to return it and then he's been fixing it and I'm like what in the world this has been we've been together for 32 and a half years I think oh no we've been we've been married for 13 14 years been together for 15 I think and so I'm like all this time you ain't done yet then he stopped working on it brought some friends in they were working on it then he took it to the shop and has spent thousands of dollars on it. And I'm like, when are we going to get to ride in the thing? It's still not running. 
Still not running. That's not restoration. <laughs> have you, how many knows of people that have been restoring something forever? My wife got into the, um, to the trend of restoring things and, and shabby chic. And she, uh oh, she's giving me the look. And she would see things on the side of the road and she'd say, oh, let's get that. I can restore it. I can get some chalk paint. I can get some, hmm, I can be like Chip and Joanna Gaines and I can do all this and we can make shiplap with it, whatever that is. And so we've gathered all these things and we brought these things into my home and we put them into my garage and we're going to restore them. We don't have one project restored. But we have a lot of projects that are being restored. We have a beautiful mirror on the back porch that, oh, that would be great. We could restore that. Now it's like a haven for the mice and the spiders. I think, I'm like, were you making a house for the spiders? And then you want to complain. There's spiders coming in. Yeah, they're living right behind that piece of wood that's been rotting outside on the back porch. Don't throw it away. I'm going to restore it. We had this cart that someone gave us, this antique cart. And it was like, it was one of those things, it was like, you couldn't really put it anywhere. It didn't really fit anywhere. And every time I'd see it, I'd get rid of it. No, no, I'm going to It never got restored. Huh? She did paint it. She did paint it. It was painted. <laughs> I think she painted one coat and then it was like, oh, that's good. She was going to restore and refresh a room in our house one time. And she went and she bought all the materials for it. And then she painted a sample on the corner of the room. So there was like an 18 by 18 um, mosaic she was going to do. And there it was, all these colors. And it was like that for the whole time we lived in the house. Just that one little patch there's a lot I know I'm in trouble that's why I thought I might as well get it all out right now I'll just get it all out there <laughs> because I'm going to have to restore my relationship after this and replenish some things that were used up right now <laughs> but, but what happens is I think we all have good intentions of restoration we all have good intentions of rest we all have good intentions of replenishing but we don't do it and i'm here to tell you god is waiting for us to do it fully to receive it so he can use us come on i can't get no help up in here because once you're restored once you're restored then you can be used I can't wait till the day when the Super B is restored. I'm hoping it's around the time when he's 97 years old and can't drive it and it has to come to his favorite son. I mean, you know, that would be nice. That would be nice. And then I get to replenish it. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> But I'm telling you, it's like God wants to restore us so he can use us. He wants to replenish us so he can fill us up. The Bible talks about wineskins. And in the Bible they would use uh, bags that they would fill with wine. And when those bags got old, they kind of got crusty. Look at your neighbor and say, are you getting old and crusty? 
they got kind of old and crusty. And then if you put new wine into the old bags, the wine was alive. Come on, somebody. Somebody's going to get blessed right here. The, li- the wine was alive, right, Yamil? It has, it has things that are living in there that are growing. And when you put that new wine into those old skins, the wine would come alive. And the skins that were not pliable, that were old, that were crusty, they would crack and then they would burst. And some of us have been praying for God to fill us with His Spirit, for God to fill us with His power, for God to use us. We see tragedies like what happened and we think somebody needs to stand up and declare enough is enough. Somebody needs to stop. But some of us can't do it because when we ask God for the power, we can't hold it. We ask God to fix things in our life. We ask God to fix things in our relationship, to mend things with our family, with our children, on our job. But we say, God, use me. God, I wish that you would do this. And then we ask God, God, bless me, bless me, bless me. How many pray that bless me, bless me, bless me prayer? We all pray that, God, I need this. God, I want you to bless me on my job. God, I want you to prosper me here. God, I want you to use me here. But God's saying... When are you going to get the restoration process done? I want to drive the car. I want to use the cart. But it's not done. And the word of the Lord for us today is understand the love of God. Understand God's plan for you and let him do what he wants to do in your life so he can fill you back up again. Ephesians chapter 3, one of my favorite passages of Scripture. I preach just about every word of this passage, but I want to read it again. Ephesians three eighteen through 20. Paul's praying for the church at Ephesus, and he says, I pray that you will have power together with all the saints to comprehend or understand or really grasp the length and width and height and depth of his love. He's saying, I pray that you really understand and really get it that God loves you. God loves you so long. God's love is going to go the distance. Come on, somebody. It doesn't matter how you try to run. God's love is going to go the distance. How many have tried to run from God? You've tried to run from the call of God on your life. And God said, I'm right here. No matter where you go, I'm right here. You can't outrun me. My love never gives up on you. Somebody should say amen right there. I understand the width of God's love. God's love is so much wider than we give it credit for. Isn't it amazing that God loves way past what we love? We look at people and we think there's no way they love God or God loves them. Because look at how they act, look at how they dress, look at how they smell, look at how they are. But God's saying, my love is so wide. I love them just as much as I love you. Come on, if we get a hold of that, it would change some things. He says, it's wide, it's long, it's high, it's deep. And if you understand that, he says then, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. When we get filled with the fullness of God, then 
now to him who is able to do infinitely more than we can ask, imagine, according to his power that works within us. We want the exceeding abundant above all power. How many want that? You be honest, God, I know that your power is real. I know you can do this. I know you can do that. And I want it. But we've got to get the other part first. Amen. We've got to be filled with the fullness of God. And when you're empty, it's hard sometimes to get back to that place of, fill, of fullness. It's hard to get back. And it's amazing. I was going to title this, It's Time for Some Soul Food. But I've been trying to change my eating lifestyle. And uh, we've, been, we've been doing a little something here. And I'm trying to, really, trying to really move away from some things. And I've been doing good. I mean, we've been doing good. <laughs> Is this true confessions? Right? Here? She needs to come to the altar afterwards. But I've been doing good. And I knew if I titled that when I was preparing, I was like, soul food. And then instantly my mind started going to some collard greens, which I thought, those are good. Those are good for me. And then, but if you have collard greens, how I many know you got to have mac and cheese? And if you have mac and cheese, you got to have potato salad. And if you have potato salad, you got to have some cornbread. Come on. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And if you have cornbread, I started going places and I'm like, no, this is not good. Because if you eat fried chicken and collards and mac and cheese and cornbread, then you're going to have to wash it down with some Kool-Aid. Come on. you got to have Kool-Aid or sweet tea. That's the only way that goes down. And if you have that then you have to top it off uh, with some sweet potato pie or some banana put hey glory to god or some pound cake with that chi- with that chicken i'm telling you oh, the only way i can enjoy it right now is to preach about it glory to god but how many know when you're hungry when you're empty can't nothing fill you up like some good soul food Pastor Ronald Walker, if you're watching, you'll probably see this. We're going to lunch on Tuesday, and I know he's going to try to take me to Medea's. But I can't go to Medea's. Because <laughs> that liquid crack they call Kool-Aid is calling my name back there. And we can't do that. But I'm telling you, there's nothing that satisfies you and fills you up like soul food. But how many know we've got to have some soul food? Can I get an amen? You must be filled with the fullness of God. What is that? When you get everything that God is, everything that God has, it fills you up and your soul gets replenished. Your soul gets full. God wants to restore you he wants to fix you up not just so you can get fixed up but he wants to fill you back up so he can use you god wants us to be used he wants to replenish us and we need to be replenished every day i've been drinking more water i I bought myself a big a big double insulated cup and i've been filling that up and drinking water and pounding it every day and it's amazing the more you drink the more you need and it replenishes your body And I'm telling you, God wants to replenish us on a continual basis. I love this passage in Ephesians because it tells us here that when we understand who God is, when we understand what he has for us, then and only then he's going to fill us so full that we can't get anything else in. When we go on a trip, we have two kind of packings. My daughters pack their bags, 
And they say they have everything they need. Their bags are packed. We go over, grab their suitcase. It's super light. There's nothing in there but Barbies, a stuffed animal, and a swimsuit. That's all they need for a trip. I mean, what more do you need? Swimsuit, Barbies, and, and, your, and your bedtime stuffed animal. And I'm like, there's a lot more room. There's no more room in there. There's a lot more room in here. If you take the Barbie truck out, maybe we could get your clothes in there. And then there's my wife's packing. When I'm talking about the fullness, she loads everything that she owns into one suitcase. Is that you too? Everything she owns into one suitcase. And it's, I mean, both sides. It's a two-sided suitcase. And they're both stacked. Then she starts laying baby blankets and Diapers and I'm like, what? Can't we buy diapers when we get there? No, we gotta have them. So both sides are this big, this tall, and then she's like, okay, I'm ready to go. She's like, bring my suitcase down. All right, and everybody else's suitcases are nice, zipped up, ready to go. I carry them down. I look over. Now I know why she wanted me to bring her suitcase down because it's impossible to close. So I have to try to wrestle with it, get it over, and, zip, and the, the seams are popping on the sides. Threads are squealing, and, and I'm like taking stuff out she doesn't even know about it, and zipping them up. She believes in the fullness. How many know God wants us to be so full of his anointing, so full of him? God wants everything. Come on, somebody say everything. Now the problem is, some of us have been operating on Arena and Addie fullness. I say, hey, I'm, I'm full, man. I'm ready to go. God, use me. God, flow through me. I'm ready to let your power flow through me. And you ain't got nothing in there. But you want to play with God when it's convenient for you. Hello. You want to enjoy the things of God. When it blesses you. And you want to have God just when you need him. That's what, those are the three things they have. I want to play. I want to enjoy. And I need my stuffed animal. And some of us, we're satisfied with having just enough God to get by. When I need him, I know that I can pray. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul. I'm happy with those prayers. I pray my, my, my um, prayer over my food, prayer at night. And I pray my, oh Jesus, prayer when I'm, when I'm in trouble. And some of us want, you know what? I like the blessings of God. Woo! I like to shout when I get a check in the mail. And then I want to give praise to God. But how about when you get a bill in the mail? How, many, how come we don't give praise to God when we get a bill in the mail? I remember, I've told, probably told you this story. I remember I got blessed by a speaking engagement. And I got a $5,000 honorarium. Man, I was shouting. I was in the middle of the post office doing a, a Holy Ghost jig right there. I literally shouted in the middle of the post office because I opened up the letter right there and I let out a shout right there. And I thought, oh my goodness, I had it spent five different ways before I got to the car. How many have done that before? You can get real creative when you get a check. You know, Thank you, Jesus. You start dreaming. I got in the car within 10 minutes of driving home. My What in the world? Air conditioning went out in the car. 
I was blowing out hot air. I pull into the service station. I ask them to look at it. They're like, oh, yeah, you're going to need a new condenser and a new compressor. What is that, a Mercedes? Mmm, yeah. That's going to be about $4,200. Oh, and you're going to need some Freon, too. I was sick. I called her. I said, I haven't even, I mean, I still can taste the, 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 the seal on the envelope. You know, I'm like, I'm like, what in the world? I'm like, I didn't even get to, I didn't even got to tell her how much it was and it was gone. And then I went into this deep, dark depression. And I was so upset because, oh, the devil stole my money. The devil stole. And then all of a sudden, it was like, what happened to the shout in the, in the, uh, you were full then. What happened to the shout in the post office? And then, you know, I just began to praise God. I said, God. I thank you that this happened today and not a week ago when I didn't have a dollar to change. I thank you that you provided this so that I could take care of what I needed to. And I just began to worship God. It took me a minute. I had to pray through for a minute. But then then I was able to worship God. And then they end up saying, well, you know what? I think we could do it for about half of that. Praise God. Praise God. So God is good, you know. But you can't just have enough of God that you want. You can't just praise Him in the good times. You can't just be filled with God when it's convenient. You can't just love God when when it's on your terms. How many know God wants to fill us with the fullness of Him that everything about us is dripping with the fullness of God? Can I get an amen? Because when you do that, God does great things. I love it because it tells us here that when we do that, then all these good things happen. And I want to back up to Ephesians chapter 1 because this is another prayer here that Paul talks about. And in my, um, when I was doing my study in my Bible there, it made reference back to this passage. Because it says, here's the thing. If God is able to do these things when we're filled with him, what else is he able to do? And there's a correlation between Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. Read this here. Turn there, it says, That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Come on, how many want that? What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? That word working mighty power is dunamis. That's the explosive miracle working power of God. How many need that in your life? Come on, you want to experience the miracle working power of God? You want to experience the inheritance for the saints? You want to experience the riches of His glory? You want to experience the hope of your calling? You want to experience the eyes of your understanding being opened? You want to experience enlightenment? Then you have to be filled with the fullness of God. 
And God is telling us, when you get to that place where your soul has been restored, where everything has been fixed, it's not good enough there to stop. But you've got to say, Lord, fill me up. Holy Spirit, fill me up. I want so much of you. I want to be filled with the fullness of you that every part of me is so full that when I'm in those situations, nothing comes out but you. How many have gotten in situations and all of a sudden you get pushed, you get poked, and what comes out is not God? I was at a, we were tired yesterday, we had a long day and and we went to eat and, and we were sitting there at a restaurant and all of a sudden, you know, the kids were being a little rambunctious and and Lisey was making noise. She wasn't crying. She was just making noise. And I look across the restaurant. And this older gentleman is sitting there with his wife. And, and they're eating. And every time she would like make a noise, he would go. And he'd look at us. And he just kind of. And he didn't know I was looking at him. And he just kind of. And then he started kind of mumbling something to his wife. And man, I tell you what, my soul was a little depleted. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I was a little tired. I was, I was hangry. I hadn't eaten yet. And also, I was like, come on, don't make, don't make me go off on an old man up in here. I mean, instantly, I was like, if you cut your eyes over here one more time, I'm just, <laughs> is it all right if I be real for a minute? <laughs> If you cut your eyes over here one more time, I literally grabbed my water glass. And I was like, oh, Jesus. I mean, because he was like making comments. And I was like, oh, man, this is the wrong day right now. I was ready. I knew he was going to say something. I knew he wanted to say something. And as soon as he was going to say something, I just, I was going to just chuck my ice water right in his face. <laughs> And I had to I had to grab myself for a minute. I was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you can't go around beating up old men. It's, it's not that, that's not a way to grow your church like that. It's it doesn't and then I leave my business card with my picture on it for the way to God bless you. <laughs> Come check us out sometime. We lay hands on people. But I'm telling you, you have to have the fullness of God. Because if not, when you get pushed, when you get poked, when you get squeezed, what's going to come out? Come on, when you go through the house in the middle of the night and stub your toe on the corner of the bed, like I did the other night on the corner of the stroller, I don't know, the pack and play that was in the living room, what comes out? Is it filth, florin, florin, filth, florin, or is it... Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. What comes out? We've got to be filled. Look at somebody and say, be filled, be filled, be filled. Hallelujah. I want to give you three things on how to stay full of the fullness of God. All right, is everybody okay today? You getting something? Amen. Stop, look, and listen. If you're taking notes, just write that. Stop, look, and listen. And uh, these are just practical things for us. To stay full of God. To be filled with the fullness of God. Stop, look, and listen. Psalm 46.10 One way to be filled with the fullness of God is Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. God is wanting us to get to a place in our life where He just has our attention. Where we can just stop and be still. Come on, everybody, just 
Sit for a minute. You know how hard it is right now, even for some of you, just to be still and turn your mind off. You're thinking about so many things. Some of you, it's easy, and if you turn it off too long, I know you, and we're going to hear snoring coming out in just a minute. So elbow Brian, Tiffany, we're done. We're done with the be still, be still. <laughs> you may all, wait, we're done, we're done with the... <laughs> But I'm telling you, sometimes God just wants you to be still. And you know, in the stillness, that's where we hear God. Sometimes we're waiting for a, thus saith the Lord to come across the microphone. We're waiting for somebody to pull us out and to say, yea, I would say unto thee. How many know that's all well and good and I love that. But how much more is it when you're in God's presence and you're just loving on him, you're just worshiping him, and then right inside, that still small voice, that nudging. There's a Hebrew word, kol And And it it's means the, the ever so soft whisper of a lover. Come on, how many know when you're laying in bed and, and you get that whisper? I love you. You get that ever so soft whisper. Go get me a sandwich from the kitchen. (laughs) You heard that one. (laughs) While you're up, get me something to drink. You know, but in all seriousness, God, that, that whisper of one that loves you, that is close enough to give you that tender touch that's close enough to when when you first get married when you first get together and you you've been together for a while you just look at each other you don't even have to say nothing you just look at each other and you know i know i know i got you you ever been doing something where you've been a little nervous and your spouse has been in the audience or been there with you for support and all of a sudden you get a little nervous and you look at them and they just kind of give you that that's when you're like, you got this. You, you know I'm with you. I was telling them yesterday, we were, in, we were in Africa, and I had preached in the great crusades, and people were getting healed and saved, and I thought it was so powerful. April, we had a women's meeting, and I said, April, you're going to preach. And she's like, what? I said, you're going to preach to all these hundreds of women in here. She said, I don't know what. I said, you're going to preach. God will give you something. She got up, ministered beautifully. The rest of the week, every time they would introduce the group, we have a wonderful group here from America. And they are wonderful. You are going to be blessed. God has been moving by his spirit. God has been doing great things in our midst. Our sister preached a wonderful message about the bumblebee. And about how, I'm like, They didn't mention nothing I said the whole week. But every time they got up. And then our sister broke down the word of God. So wonderful. I was like. (laughs) She she says that it wasn't her. It was the interpreter. (laughs) 
<laughs> she said she was just talking. The interpreter was really going for it. <laughs> but I thought, man, and I remember what she's doing. I just kept like, you got it. You got it. You can do it. You can do it. And so I can't do it. You can do it. How many know that's what that is? That stillness. In the stillness, when you're worshiping God, when you're loving on God, he just comes to you and he gives you those words. You can make it. I believe in you. Everything's going to be all right. I know it looks scary right now, but don't worry. I've got you. I know when you look at things, you've got more month than money. But guess what? I've never let you down, have I? And all of a sudden, tears just start streaming down your face because you're like, no, you haven't. No, you haven't. Come on, how many just remember something that God's just done for you where he's just assured you in the stillness that he's got you? Hallelujah. Stop. Look. We need to look through the word of God. Psalm 1-2 says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. How many know it's important for us to look in the word of God day and night? When you stay in the word of God, God will enlighten you. God will reveal. He will give you that apocalypsis. He will give you that revelation, that pulling back of the curtain. That's what that word means, to pull back the curtain. That's that spirit of apocalypsis, a spirit of revelation that says, I know you've been looking for something, but look, here's the answer. I know you've been wondering how something's going to work. Here it is. I know you've been wondering what I'm going to do for you look let me pull back the curtain and show you the rest of the picture when you need to know what God is doing in your life when you need to know where God is taking you when you need to know how things are going to unfold you need to stop and you need to look you need to look into the word of God you need to say God I know that there is an answer to everything in life Everything that pertains to life and godliness I know you have an answer uh, the reason my Bible looks like this it, my Bible is tore up from the floor, but look, it's the binding. I've, had, I've glued it several times, and I'd love to say that it's because of the time that I spend reading, and that's part of it. But one of the reasons is because I preached a message years ago, and I shoved all kind of stuff in my Bible. I, my Bible is like this big, and I had it full of stuff, and I walked to the pulpit with my Bible, and I went and I started preaching, and I went to every scripture, and I pulled out something. I pulled out a stack of cash when I talked about prosperity. I pulled out a, a pack of bandages when I talked about healing. I pulled out all kind of stuff, a sword. A hand, you know, I had all this stuff inside my Bible. Because the truth is that there is an answer to everything in the word of God. Yes. No matter what you're going through, there is an answer to it. It's in there. Look at somebody say it's in there. There's an answer to everything in there. And if you'll just look, you will find it. So many times we go through life all befuddled and wondering what's going on and on empty and all dry and cracked and mad because we haven't even looked. The answer is in there, but we haven't even looked. I get so mad with people sometimes when I ask them, so I say, did you look? My mother used to tell me all that. That's what you get for not reading. That's what you get for not reading. Whenever I look at something, do it wrong. That's what you get for not reading. And now we deal with that with Arena, my oldest. She's so smart. And she is. She's smart as a firecracker. I guess that's it. <laughs> she's sharp. She is <clears throat> a chip off the old block. 
<laughs> but the scary part of that is she's a chip off the old block. So she's smart as all get out. And she knows a little bit about everything. So she thinks she knows a lot about everything. And so in school, she's in the gifted and talented program. She's on the honor roll every time. She was getting straight A's. But now she's AB because now all of a sudden she don't want to read nothing. Oh, I know how to do this. So she blows through. Either blows through her work and does it wrong. Or she sits there and thinks she knows and then takes forever to do anything. And so we're like, if you would just read. I don't know how many times I help her. And she's doing it. I'm like, did you read it? Oh, yeah, I know. I know. The other day she said, yeah. And then she's doing it wrong. Which, no, did you read it? Well, yeah, yeah, I, I know what to do. No, did you read it? I already know what to do. Yeah, but you just said, yeah. So did you read it? Well, no, not really. And I look and I hear my mother saying, that's because you didn't read. That's what you get for not reading. I'm telling you, the answer to everything you need is in the word. Somebody say day and night. Day and night, meditate. And that word meditate really means to mutter or to chew. It's a word, the same word for chew, to chew over and over again, to meditate on that. So what we need to do is we need to get something from the word of God. We need to look, stop, be still. Then we need to look at something in the word of God. Now, how many have ever, how many be honest and say, okay, you know what? I had an issue. I got a scripture on it. I heard the word. I, I stood on it and nothing happened. And I'm mad. Why didn't it happen? I, I, somebody gave me a scripture and I heard it and I prayed and nothing happened. Well, it says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Not he reads it once. Not he hears it and accepts it, but he meditates day and night. See, that means to chew, to mutter over and over again, day and night. So when you get a promise from God, when God gives you something, you have to keep that in front of you. You have to keep that over and over again, and you have to meditate on that. I know the word meditate scary today because we think of something else, but really that's where they got that from. That means to get that in front of you, keep it in front of you and keep saying it, keep saying it day and night. What happens is we get a hold of something. We want to confess it one time. Oh, glory to God. I named it and I claimed it. I'm blabbing and grabbing. Come on. And that's it. I believe in naming and claiming, but it's not just one time. It's getting it down because you're going to have to say that in the midst of circumstances. Come on, somebody. You're going to have to keep meditating in the midst of the opposite. You're going to have to keep meditating on God's word when lies come, when confusion comes, when the enemy comes. You're going to have to keep meditating on it day and night. And how many know the reason I believe part of the reason there is because different things happen in the day and at night. How many have ever had a cold and it's like, man, I feel better during the day. You're like, man, I feel, feel okay. I can get out and go outside. At nighttime, you're like, I hate this time. I'm horrible. What happens? For some reason at night, you feel worse. 
And I'm telling you, that's when you really need to start confessing, I am the healed of the Lord. The word is working in my body. It's affecting a healing and a cure. That's when you really have to confess. I, I don't know if I told this here before, but I had a pastor friend at our church we got married at. He, he had allergies really bad, and uh, his, his nose was running. And he is, he got a hold of Brother Hagin's teachings and he wasn't going to move from it and <laughs> snot was coming out of his nose and he, he said, I'm not even going <laughs> to, I'm not going to, this is when he was young and, and before he kind of got some teaching, he's like, I'm not going to use that Kleenex, I'm not going to wipe my face, <laughs> I'm going to confess the word in Jesus' name and just starts running down his face and he's just, he's just declaring the word of God, <laughs> I'm like, Wait a minute. Handle your business and then meditate. <laughs> Somebody say, handle your business. <laughs> but you've got to meditate even in the face of things that don't look good. Stop, look, and lastly, listen. Brother David, you can come on up to the keyboard. Proverb 1.5 says, A wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. So I want to encourage you, if you're at a place where God's been doing some things in your heart and you need him to restore your soul and now you want him to refill you and replenish you, get to the place where you just stop and say, God, here I am. Do what you want to do in my life. I'm going to stop and I'm going to hear from you. I'm going to get in your word. I'm going to get a scripture on it. And then I want to listen. I want to listen to you. I want to listen to wise counsel. And I'm going to pray that God will give you, well, he will open the eyes of your understanding. That you will have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That you will know what's wise counsel and what's unwise. You will know the voices to listen to and those to run from. You will receive from voices that are coming to you and you will be a man or a woman of understanding. So I really feel the presence of God is here today to replenish you. And I pray that you be filled with the fullness of God. 